you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stort Show. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Andy Stort Show. This is a show where we can come together to starve our fears, follow our dreams, and fulfill our true potential. And I've got a great interview for you today. Today, I'm talking with Brad Hart. And Brad Hart has 20 years as an entrepreneur, 16 years managing wealth under his belt. And I've got my son, Teddy, sitting here with me as I recorded this intro. Brad has been an entrepreneur. He's been a part of many mastermind groups, led many mastermind groups, and he now helps other people, entrepreneurs, start mastermind groups. And you've, if you've been listening for a while, you've heard me talk about the power of masterminds and what they've done for me. I've been in mastermind groups consistently for the last three years and have seen my life and my business and my career skyrocket as a result. So I'm a big fan. And so when I connected with Brad, I was uh, curious to hear what he had to say about masterminds and what he does with companies and people to help them. One note I want to make real quick is that when I rec- we recorded this, Brad was on vacation in the Bahamas at an Airbnb. And the, uh, the connection is probably not quite as good because the audio quality is not great. He cuts out a few times in this interview, which is too bad because... The man gets excited. He is passionate about what he does and what he talks about. But I think you'll get the gist by listening. And he tells some pretty amazing stories, particularly about how all of this started when he ran into Tim Ferriss in the gym one day in New York. And it started the ball rolling on everything that he's done since then. So without further ado, check it out. Here's my interview with Brad Hart. Hey, Brad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. And thanks for everybody for listening. Yeah, so good to have you on. Uh, This is one of those interesting connections where I think I just saw you tagged somewhere on Facebook and we connected and we've chatted a little bit. We almost got together while I was in San Diego last week. And of course, you were there as well. And now I'm back home in Orlando and you're in the Bahamas. So we're we're like changing coasts together. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're in San Diego. We miss each other at Pat Flynn's party, but now we're uh, on the same time zone down here. And I can't complain to be in in Nassau, Bahamas this week. It's been beautiful. Checking out the beach and and all the local culture and food has been amazing. Uh, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to jump on the show and tell everybody about what's going on in, uh, in my world and also learn more about what's going on in yours and hopefully add some value to the folks listening at home. Love it. All right. Well, let's get into it. I read your bio before we got started. I know you're big on, you've been an entrepreneur for many years. You're big on masterminds, which I'm a big fan of as well. Uh, And so also a big fan of personal development, I'm sure. So why don't you share a little bit more of your background? How'd you get into doing what you're doing today? Yeah, so the mastermind thing is actually pretty interesting. So we'll go all the way back, back to 2011 when I got started in this crazy thing. Well, even back a little further, 2009, I was working in real estate in New York at the time. And I used to take my lunches and go and work out in a place called Cooper Square, which is really close to Mercer Street where I was working. And on this particular day, it was lunchtime. There's only like two other people in the gym. It was never that crowded at that time. Uh, but one of the people I was like, man, I, you ever just like notice somebody and you're like, I think I know that person, but you can't really put your, your finger on it. And you, totally. Weirdo staring. Uh, so this guy walks by me. Finally, I get a good look at him. I'm like, holy crap. So I'm like, hey, man. Ferris. He's like, I am Tim Ferris. And we start chatting and wow. I'm like, dude, you're my hero. I read the book, you know, the four work week, like seven times, you know, really interesting. 
He's being very deferential. He's like, oh yeah, I'm like 14 minutes into my 15 minutes of fame. Mind you, he wasn't like the 800 pound gorilla in Paris. You know, he was just mild famous. And he, you know, like everybody thought maybe it could be a fluke. Uh, he hadn't quite come out with any of his other books yet and all that. So we chatted for like 15 minutes. He went back to working out. And before he left, he went and found me. He's like, hey man, it was really great chat with you. I hope we cross paths again. I'm like, man, that's really cool. I was really blown away by how cool he was. Yeah. So fast forward like a year and a half later, he's putting out his four hour body and he was doing the uh, land, uh, like the giveaway thing that he had. Like if you buy this many books, you get this, this many things. So one of the things was if you buy a thousand books at retail, we'll take you on a trip where you want to go. It was like three choices. It was India, Africa, and Argentina. I'm like that sounds really cool. So I ring up Charlie Hone, who is his director of special projects and now works with Tucker over at uh, Scribe Media. I'm like, hey, Charlie, what's the deal with these trips? He's like, well, we have a lot of people that are jumping in on these, but we're really not, you know, excited to spend 10 days. Tim is not excited to spend 10 days with any of these folks in the middle of nowhere. But he remembers you and you guys had a good chat. I'll run it by him if you want to do one of these trips. I'm like, yeah, put me down for Africa. Let's do it. So lo and behold, we go to Africa for 10 days. I could spend uh, with Tim and Charlie and this company called Samosaurus that was helping raise people out of poverty over there. They've raised like 50,000 people out of poverty in the Moscow morning places. Wow. Yeah, all around the world. So uh, Lila actually just wrote a book recently called Give Work, which is really great if you want to check it out. Lila Janas, her name. Anyway, so we go there for 10 days. We spend, you know, golfing with the president and general of Kenya. And I almost got trampled by donkeys and I got malaria on that trip and a bunch of other crazy stuff happened. We went on safari, we got kissed by giraffes, the whole thing. But one day we're sitting at the hotel after we come back from safari and Tim asked me, he's like, what do you want to do with your life? You know, how can I help? So I rambled on about something. I can't remember what, but the end of the conversation sounded something like this. He says, uh, do you want to go to North Korea? I'm like, North Korea? He's like, yeah. I'm like, are you going to North Korea? He's like, no. I'm like, why do I want to go to North Korea? He's like, well, my buddy's doing this trip. And I'm like, who's your buddy? He's like, I can't tell you. I'm like, this is not going in a direction that I'm like comfortable. I don't think I'm going to go to North Korea with your buddy who I don't know who it is and be a right. third world dictator. So I'm going to beg off on this one. So I passed on the trip. But I come back to New York where I was living at the time. I remember very distinctly, I was reading through my email in a cafe and I saw this email from a guy named Neil Strauss who I'd read his books and I'm sure you're familiar with the game and, and all the other ones that he's written. Right. And he was starting a mastermind group. And I'd never heard of really a mastermind or maybe just, you know, kind of secondhand uh, called The Society. And they had just come back from North Korea. And then they were having another group uh, trip at Neil's house out in Malibu. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Because I met Neil a couple of years prior. And I'm like, man, this guy's you know, legit. He's one of the best living writers, in my opinion. And certainly you can think what you want about him, but he's, he's really sharp. So I very quickly put in my application to join what was called the Society. And I think I was like the 55th or 56th member. And then they joined you know, a larger group. They started to be like, I think it was 100 people in the main group. And then 1,700 people were alone. After the next two, three years, it became a really big thing. And from a business model perspective, you know, he was doing really well, several million dollars of revenue a year, just having, you know, quarterly meetups basically and taking that content and porting it out to the other memberships. And then people would build little local chapters as well. So that was my first experience in masterminding. So from a personal perspective, I got the best shape of my life up on the year, 106%. We had a million dollar month. Like the least successful person in that group was like a million dollar earner, right? And then most successful people in that group were like not, which is pretty cool. Like one guy owned... Uh, the third largest rolling paper company in the world. And he calls me up one day. His name's Josh. Josh says, Hey, uh, Brad, I got a problem. I'm like, what's your problem, Josh? You've always been very generous with me. He says, well, I've got this issue with airline miles. I'm like, what's, what's wrong with the airline miles? Like, I have too fucking many. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I, I spent 250 a month on my black card and they keep accumulating. I can't 
fast enough. I'm like, this sounds like a high quality problem to have. Josh says, take 300,000 of these things and do whatever you want with them. Okay. What does that mean exactly? He's like, that's 10 first class tickets anywhere you want to go. Like, okay, this is abundance. This is what I've been searching for. So I spent, you know, three months just traveling around Canada and the US and meeting all the people in the mastermind, going deep with them, meeting their families, learning about what they cared about and really getting those relationships started, which was a huge transition for me and shift for me. And I, I don't unfortunately have as much time as I used to have, but at that time I had time and I, went, I really went deep on the relationship aspect. And that wasn't the first time or the last. So it really added this new level to my life that I hadn't seen before because I realized that I could very quickly level up around the right people. But without the right relationships and business, as you know, it really... And so I started joining more masterminds. I joined Mavericks and A360 and, and all these different ones. I think I've been a part of like 26 now in various forms. I, I would speak at masterminds and do workshops at masterminds. And I just went crazy on the mastermind thing. And then shortly after I started going to Tony Robbins events, I met a, one of their coaches. We started a mastermind together, which we ran for two years. That was my first one. And now I've run eight of my own. So you can say that I have quite a bit of experience in this very narrow niche, right? So 26 masterminds, eight of my own. Now I actually have a program to help people build masterminds, which is going really well as well. And we just launched a partnership to both promote and hopefully work with Tony, Dean, and Russell. So Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, and Russell Brunson each of whom have done a billion dollars in sales or more are now launching mastermind.com, which uh, I'm really excited about. We're going to be launching that at the end of April. So keep an eye out for that as well. Man, what an interesting story. And to run in, all goes back to running into Tim Ferriss in the gym. Yeah. And I find that much of life you know, comes down to these chance encounters, conversations with friends, being in these types of groups, which is why I've been in various mastermind groups for the last two years and I've run a couple of my own as well. I'm curious, as a fan of Tony Robbins, I've been to a couple of his events, starting with UPW uh, about a year and a half ago. How did this deal come about? Because I know you said you, you went to some events, you met a coach. Yeah. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of people who are fans of his who have gone to events. So how did this deal happen? So it's actually another crazy story. And you're not going to believe me when I tell it because it's very similar to the one I just told. But hard to believe it's been 10 years anyway. So the crazy part is I've been to like 13 Tony events now. This is my, I just came back from my sixth UPW. I brought over 100 people to their events. I've easily brought a quarter million dollars into that organization. Probably more than that at this point. Yeah. We've helped raise about 85 kids have gone to the Global Youth Leadership Program because of us, maybe over 100 soon. We're working on another cohort right now. We've raised enough money to feed hundreds of thousands of people. It's been a really great experience. And I've gotten to meet a lot of the, the Tony folks. I also, when I went to Wealth Mastery, I met Dean, got to hang out with him and took his real estate course. And then... Literally, you're not going to believe me. About four or five months ago, I ran into Dean again at the gym. He happened to be in Encinitas near where I live. And he was at the gym with a, with a young friend of his. And we got to chatting. I'm like, hey, man, it's great to see you again. Oh, where did we meet? Oh, yeah, this thing and the other thing. And we started chatting and texting. And then when I heard about the launch, a friend of mine sent an email. I was like, dude, I got to be involved with this. So I sent him a text. He didn't think for like a week. I'm like, oh, man, he's not going to respond. And then he did. We got on the phone. He's like, yeah, let's keep talking. Cool. I went to traffic conversion, saw him again there. And then we've just been kind of chatting mostly with his team and getting little bits and pieces sorted out. So that's kind of how it happens. Again, just the leverage and the relationships and the network kind of leads little bits by little bits. And again, today's, you know, what are we in March? End of March of 2019. So these are still, you know, things that are in motion and will be subject to change. But right now, I'm definitely affiliating and helping promote. And then the idea is to work together on a more high-end basis because we have a program that's more one-on-one coaching uh, around masterminds versus just a software course, you know, which is what they're putting out, which is great. But it's just it's more mass market. Right. That's a mass market play to help people 
start or join masterminds and you are, you, you're running a more of a higher touch yep. service to help people start their own masterminds and make money from that. That's right. We do marketing help. We do branding help. We do sales help. Most people that have joined our program, they've never done high ticket sales before. These are all skills that you need to have as a basis yeah. in order to be able to sell a mastermind and then ultimately facilitate one. It's all leadership skills at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit more about the masterminds. Before we do, one more question going back to you developing these relationships. I'm big on networking. Um, I go to a lot of events to talk to people. I love making you know new connections making new friends. I mean, I see everybody in the world in my life. I want to make friends everywhere, right? And you have a... sounds like a similar approach. And so I talk to people a lot about networking. But it seems like one distinct thing I noticed with you... And of course, you have these, these quote chance encounters. And I put in quotes because we have to put ourselves in these situations, right? And be aware of our surroundings. Mm. Uh, but you obviously... You've taken advantage of these, right? You've jumped at opportunities when other people might say like, Oh, yeah, I met Tim Ferriss in the gym. That was enough. Or it'd be cool to go on that trip, but I'm not going to buy a thousand books or I'm not going to pick up the phone and make that call. Or I'm not going to, you know, you met Dean at the gym and not only did you talk to him, but like you got his number, you said you were texting with him later. So I'm curious, you know, where does this come from? Because you always have a skill of taking action, jumping on these relationships, taking them to the next level. Did you learn that from somewhere? What's your philosophy on that to, to help you really get the most out of the connections you make and really life in general? Yeah. And I think anybody that's listening, there's one tool that is really important here because I'm going to preface this with, you know, if you're Tony Robbins and you try to use Warren Buffett's strategy to get wealthy, you're going to struggle. If Warren Buffett tries to be like Tony Robbins, they're going to struggle. There's different types of entrepreneurs. Right. Everybody has their own style. Yeah. There's, there's entrepreneurs that are great with ideas. They should stick to ideas. There's entrepreneurs that should stick with their people and relationships. It's not what they know. It's about who they know. And it's not about the how. It's about the who knows how. Because the how will always change. Six months from now, it'll all be different. But the who that's dedicated to that world-class effort is, is the one you want. Uh, there's the when, right? Timing is important. And then there's finally the how, right? Which one are you? Or maybe you're a mix between two. And there's a test to learn about this called Wealth Dynamics. Another mentor of mine, uh, Roger James Hamilton, put it together, which you know a lot of people have taken over the years. So I'm a supporter and, and that's my general lean, right? I'm going to lean towards relationships, people, making deals, getting out there and being in front of people. And that's, that's where I live, right? I'm extroverted, intuitive thinking, judging on the, on the Myers-Briggs. So it naturally lends itself to that. But that's just the beginning, right? That doesn't mean a lick of anything if you don't take action, right? Right. You also have to develop those skills. So to your point, you know, having the opportunities and training your reticular activating system to notice the opportunities, that's a huge piece. So I'm always looking around. I'm always just paying attention to who's in the room. If I put myself in the right room, there's a lot of the right people in the right room. But sometimes you just get lucky, right? And luck is only when preparation meets opportunity. You have to go after that and be prepared to create a relationship and add value first. And at first, it wasn't about anything to do with working with Dean. It was like, oh, what do you need right now? I have a you know a really great young real estate guy who's getting leads on Facebook. Maybe that could be interesting. And just offering. It's not that he has to take that or that he needs that. But just the fact that you're willing to offer puts you in a separate class or category person who's not just trying to waste your time and glom onto somebody who's important or famous or successful or what have you, right? So it's offering that value first. You know, I didn't always get that right. I don't think in 2009, I was quite there yet. But somewhere around the 2011, 2012 realm, I started to realize just how important it is to add value first. So that's, uh, it seems like a cliche, but look for a way to add a connection, a resource, an opportunity, a person, a system. I have two little acronyms I use here, seeds and crops, right? Seeking every encounter to diagnose 
create space, serve, support, and solve because you have to really understand and diagnose what's going on for somebody, ask the right questions in order to create the space because you got to be seen, heard, and listened to and felt understood before you can serve, support, and solve. And you serve, support, and solve in my realm by connecting resources, opportunities, people, and systems together. So seeds and crops. I'm always planting seeds and I'm always yielding crops, if you will, to make a deal. And then finally, once you have that relationship established, you know, there's some people I don't correspond with for six months at a time until I have something for them. But I'm always thinking and I'm always training my brain to look out for these things because, again, it's not about what I know, it's about who I know and who's the right connection for the right person based on what their goals are. And I've actually learned a lot about this from various connectors over the years. You know, guys like Larry Binet, they've kind of make a science out of it and just watching other people who are very good with people and what do they do, what do they not do. And I have kind of a, you know, a loose code of unconscious competence of things I do and don't do. And that's number one, right? And there's a reason to do that. Like, you know, uh, having asked some questions, I've positioned myself in that conversation as somebody who's willing to add value. And, you know, I always follow up right then. So if there's a link or something that I plan to do, I either take action then in the sense like I text or send an email right then. Or I, if I can't do it right then or it's a little more involved, I'll find time in the calendar and I'll calendar it then. So I always take action in the now because I don't rely on my memory to to do things for people. And guess what? That little thing that you might have promised somebody could be a game changer for them. Yeah. And at the very least, it's something you promise you should at least follow through on. So I have another rule, which is the 200% rule. It's uh, promise 90% less and, and over-deliver 110% what you promise. And that's just a great rule to live by. Because I think if we just followed through on what we say and said less, then a lot of people would be much happier with dealing with human beings. It can be very frustrating sometimes when people don't follow through and keep their word. Man, so much great advice there. And you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, just finding people who are reliable, who will live by their word and and do the things they said they're going to do, that means a lot to people. And I try to do a lot of nice things for people, add as much value wherever I go, like you were talking about, but I oftentimes I probably promise things and let something slip because I either don't do it right away or calendar it. Like I'm thinking yesterday I interviewed this author I really admire and I told him I was going to go leave a review for his book on Amazon. I have it on my to-do list today, but I haven't done it yet and I didn't schedule it. So uh, I definitely want to go do that because I know how helpful it is. He has a new book coming out Tuesday. Stop the interview. Go and do that right now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I need to go do that right now. <laughs> but, but you're right. You don't want to have those open loops in your brain. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's just, it makes you crazy. And there's always, you always have this feeling like, oh my God, I'm forgetting something. And I hate walking around with that feeling. So I just do it right now. Yeah. And it's my role on my team is like, just don't drop any balls. Simple. I don't care if it happens now or in a week or whenever. Prioritize it accordingly. I'm going to be a fire hose. Just make sure nothing gets dropped. So we use Trello and things like that to make sure everything gets categorized. And then we can, we can have a verification system built in. I love that mindset. And, you know, you were talking earlier about leverage, you know, thinking about your strengths. I think one of my biggest one is in connecting with people and, and it's the system side of things that I have to work harder to get better at. So, um, and I just hired a, an assistant and I'm using Trello and that sort of thing. But speaking of books, my, my question on that was I was thinking back to your, uh, your encounter with Tim Ferriss and I uh, was wondering, what did you do with a thousand copies of The 4-Hour Body? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if you guys remember, The 4-Hour Body is... Doorstopper. It's big. It's thick. It's 700 pages. It's a thick book. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up actually donating 900 of them. So I never took physical delivery of 900 of them, which is a great idea to a charity called Books for America. I got the deduction. Okay. So essentially the trip was was a write-off, which is great. And then uh, the 100 books that I did receive delivery of, oh my God, what was my UPS driver not happy with me that day? It was literally like boxes upon boxes of books. It, it was completely blocking my entire driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave away copies to everybody 
that would take one basically. And I still had some left over. There's probably still some in my mom's basement somewhere. But yeah, so that's what I ended up doing because I just knew that would be a nightmare trying to accept delivery of all those books. That's so funny, man. Yeah, I probably would have done the same thing. Like, how do you how do you give most of these away? And because uh, what else are you going to do? Build a house out of them or something? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> all right, let's get over to masterminds. Let's talk about because I know I've I've been in masterminds for the last two years. I know the power of them, and they've helped me so much in my own development. And I love facilitating them as well. Tell me more about the power of masterminds, what it's done for you, what have you seen it done for others? Why should people consider joining and, and even starting their own? So mastermind groups, of all the things that you could do, right? You could put out a book, which takes a lot of time. There's a lot of crappy books out there. Marketing a book's challenging. Uh, it's a low ticket item. It's mass market, right? I don't recommend people go for books first. You can put out a course. There's a lot of courses out there, unless you're one of the top in the industry. You're gonna have a lot of challenges. You know, you really have to have the whole brand and engine behind it. You have to have something valuable and unique to say, uh, and you have to be able to mark things in there as well that you need to know how to do. With a, I would like to say having a big free content platform is great and a good way to get generate leads. But if you have no money coming in, it's really challenging. So, for you know the amounts of oh one-on-one coaching, that would be another example. Like you can do a lot of one-on-one coaching, but then you're saying the same thing, you know, 15 things over and over again to the same people over and over again. And that takes up a lot of time as well. So of all the things I've looked at, you know, looking at time, energy, attention, money, systems, what are the requisite skills to start? I think a mastermind makes the most sense for people who are, you know, they have some sort of expertise, they've gotten results with clients, maybe they have a one-on-one or even a group coaching practice or consulting, and they just want to take it to the next level and really get a model that is recurring revenue that still serves people at a high level. It's high impact, it's high income, it's low maintenance. And you go from doing you know an entire full book of calendar calls to maybe two calls a month or one call a week. And now you have this mastermind group where people still get the value and now they're connecting with each other. It's less of a push, 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 trying to get them to do things. It's more of pulling the best qualities out of them. And I like to pair up some of my more seasoned members with some of my newer members. And then they, they really refine their skills by teaching them. And people move so much faster and it's less on me. So that's why I love masterminds. And if you're a coach, a consultant, an entrepreneur, anybody who has a, a piece of expertise to share with the world, I would highly consider it because of all the models I've looked at, you know, there's no model where you can make 100K extra a year in your business, mostly profit. You can go travel wherever you want, solve any problem and create the deepest and most lasting impactful relationships with your clients for the least amount of time and still really have all those other pieces dialed in that you love. And, and I come away from my mastermind calls completely fired up and so do my clients. So it's really exciting. And it's a really simple format too. I could even teach it to you. It's just start out the call with who they are and what they do for 30 seconds, right? Just really clear and concise. What are they grateful for and celebrating? Now, why do you start with this? Uh, you want to start on a high note because everybody's got their problem, right? But how many times do people take a minute to actually be grateful for things they have? I mean, I mean, just look at you and I. We're both living in a paradise place. I live in San Diego, California. I live in a beautiful house by the ocean. I'm healthy. I'm young. I've got you know a million opportunities. Life is beautiful, and we can very easily convince ourselves that it's not. So start with a place of gratitude and celebration, and then talk about the challenge or something you want to move. Because not everything needs to be a challenge. Sometimes there's, you know, everything's going pretty well, but we want to, we want to really kick it into high gear, and that's what you spend the most time working on. And the most valuable part of a mastermind is clarity. So asking clarifying questions before you jump into coaching. Everybody's got an ego. Everybody wants to coach. Everybody wants to consult each other. But really getting clear and hammering down the problem 
and really getting it in definable, solvable terms, asking questions until it's 100% clear that you've seen the whole iceberg and not just the tip of the iceberg, that's the most important thing. And that's what we spend the most time on. So the book that I'm working on actually, since you mentioned books earlier, is The 8-Minute Mastermind. And I'm really excited to put it out. We just got a first draft back from the editor. So really looking forward to getting that out there and just redefining what a mastermind could and should be. Because people spend 30 minutes yanking around on bullshit when it's all about and get into the heart of the thing. And then an action plan is really easy from there. It takes less than a minute. Yeah. I've seen so many different formats and, and what has been effective and what could be effective. And I've run some different versions of that. So when you mentioned the eight-minute mastermind, uh, you're talking about essentially eight-minute segments, eight minutes per person, and you knock things out? That's right. Hot seat, eight minutes. Key, gift, and takeaway is clarity. And if you want to do more than that, you can... you know. Put it over a couple days. Everybody gets eight minutes a day. And if it goes over to 10, no big deal. But I like that target. And I like that branding too. The eight-minute mastermind. Solve any problem. Travel anywhere for free. And uh, add an additional 100K to your business. Five, 10 hours a month. Done deal. I love it. All right. So uh, there's probably a lot of people listening thinking, I would love to travel anywhere and add 100K to my income. I certainly would like to. But I imagine this can't. This is not for everyone. So I mean, who is this for? Who can take advantage of this and go start a high-end mastermind? Yeah, I would say if you have an audience online, or you know, just a group in person that you serve on a regular basis, you need to be able to get ten or so clients that you know you can charge a thousand dollars a month to. So typically, those would be people who are building businesses. But if you're in the fitness or wellness space or in the relationship space. Maybe you have a business that is doing well there and you can teach others how to do that. But typically people invest in masterminds because they want some sort of financial ROI. I'm not saying they won't for other reasons, but that's the easiest thing to sell, right? If you put in $1, you're going to get $5 out. If you work with us for a year, you're going to double your business, that kind of thing. So those are the pieces that you want to be able to both prove and also sell and also market to. And I would say it's for anybody who can has safely proven that they can do that. They have the testimonials, they have the frameworks, they have the system, if you will. And maybe they're just doing it one-on-one or maybe they're doing it even in a group, but they want to upgrade to a mastermind. Or they have a course or some other offering. Or maybe they have an audience, but they just don't have a really valuable offer that a mastermind can be a perfect fit for. Got it. Yeah. So someone that's going to have, maybe they're already a coach or they have some type of following they're admired for you know some type of success or expertise or, or something. So not not everybody can just pop out of nowhere and, and start running a mastermind. They've got to have something that people want to be a part of. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I mean, I've had guys that, you know, had a very normal kind of practice or were not entrepreneurs for more of a slog, you know, and, and there might need to be an interstitial offer, like a three-month program to kind of ramp people into a mastermind where they get some results. And then this is difficult. Like I, w- I would love to have somebody in my mastermind for a year and I can sell that all day, all day long at this point. But when I was first starting out, it's difficult to get people to, to commit for a year. You're either going to lower the price to get them to commit or you're going you're gonna to make it like a three-month or six-month commitment instead. So having an on-ramp can work really well too. And that's what we found with our clients. I imagine most of the masterminds you're running are, are and you're helping clients run are virtual since you mentioned the eight minutes. And so they're probably over Zoom like most of the masterminds I've been in. But I've also been to some in-person masterminds. I see a lot of people doing in-person mastermind retreats. What do you think about that versus the, the virtual approach? I love both models. So we've done masterminds in Hong Kong, Bali, China, Greece, Italy, all over the US and Canada. I love masterminds in person. And we actually run a local one in San Diego with 330 some odd members. That's all local entrepreneurs or people that want to be. And it's free. I just do it for the community. I love it. 20 people show up every week. We knock them out in eight minutes. That's where I got the, the reps to be able to do that that fast. And it's actually faster. 
in in person because there's no like talking over each other or lag on Zoom and that kind of thing. So until there's a better conferencing software where people can really hear each other, even though two people are speaking at the same time, that's going to be the case. But I'm sure they'll sort that problem out. For now, I love both. Honestly, you can do virtual cadence and you know not everybody's in the same place all the time. Maybe you do some meetups throughout the year. You could do all in, in person if you're more locally situated or if you're only quarterly or something like that. There's all different types and all different kinds and all different things that work for all different people. I love the virtual component because it's just less travel and less yeah. aggravation. You know, I can be right back to the beach and right after we're done with this call and right. you know, I don't have to get on a plane after. Yeah. Uh, I want to just take a step back and make sure we we define the benefits of even joining a mastermind in the first place. So, I mean, I would imagine you'd want to have some experience being in masterminds before you start running a mastermind. For anyone that hasn't joined one yet and they're thinking, wow, $1,000 a month to be part of this group getting eight minutes a session. Why would I want to join something like this? What value would I get out of this experience? Would I really be making my money back? Yeah. So that's a great question. And I think most people going in, they have no understanding of what's possible, right? So that makes a lot of sense. Why would you pay them in a room with those people? Well, it just comes down to the people in the room. It comes down to the format of the mastermind. It comes down to how you approach solving problems and what types of problems you're looking to solve. And it comes down to the level of your business too. Uh, for the right person and the right mastermind, like I had a guy join, he's paying 10000 a year at the time. And we'd charge up... I was running and he made an additional $200,000 in his business inside of three months. So for him, it was a 20x ROI. And then he still had the rest of the year. So everything else was gravy on top of that. I've had people that started that were very, you know, just starting out. Like my uh, friend and protege, Bradman, who became an incredible high ticket sales person. Like he started, I'll just tell the story of him real quick because I think it's, it's really interesting how this can happen. I was doing these big groups to, to Tony Robbins. I had an extra ticket, last minute, full price, 1700 bucks. I put it out on the internet. He said, okay, cool. It turned out he'd been following me for two years. He's like, I'll buy the thankful price. Cool. He comes to, to Jersey with us. He's sitting in a mastermind group the day before UPW starts. He's like, hey, man, I'm really excited. I want to learn all about wealth dynamics, all these things you've been talking about. I've been following you for a long time. That's really cool. Then I get to the first mastermind group. He's like, okay, I'm broke. I'm $100,000 in debt. What do I do? I make $12 an hour living in my mom's basement. I'm like, holy shit. All right, hang on. So he was displaying buying behavior as if he had money and he didn't have any money. So I'm like, okay. So he's obviously already in. I'm going to help him. I'm like, very simple protocol here. You're going to stop the bleeding. You're going to make it rain. You're going to learn high ticket sales. You're going to get a job. And I helped him do that. He ended up working with Scott Olford, getting coaching from one of Eli, uh, Eli Wild, who's one of Tony Robbins' best guys. I taught him everything I knew as well. And we had uh, the head of sales, Frank uh, Simmerhansel, do that as well on our team. And we just turned him into a high ticket closer. Like, you know, and once he had a steady stream of leads coming in for his job with Scott, he started doing like $100,000 months towards the end of the year. It was really great. So, year in, he's closing 200, 250K a month. He's made 15 to 25K a month. Uh, then he gets a job with Sam Up, works with them for a while. He and two other sales guys, I think their best month so far is a million bucks in sales. So obviously you get a pretty good commission off of that. And he's living pretty well now. We actually lived together in San Diego, but he started out in a very high impact job. He's addiction recovery services and interventionalism for like 12 bucks an hour, paying the bills, obviously. And within a year, he had completely changed his life around to make, you know, considerable amount of money more. Uh, so depending on where you're starting, it could be, it could be a massive shift and just having the right partnerships and relationships within that mastermind can change the trajectory of your life very quickly. But obviously, starting with something that's working, you can go a lot further, a lot faster by making those little tweaks. 
And those little 1% do add up, but it can be more like a year or so if you're just starting out. I know it took me about six months to a year to really get rolling in my mastermind. Once I did, I never looked back. Wow. That's an incredible story. And obviously, not every story is going to turn out that way. But by investing yourself, surrounding yourself with great people, getting the advice you need to change your career, change your business, that's what's going to take us to the next level. And so many people are not willing to invest in those things, right? They invest in normal things like the the big house and the nice car or whatever, and don't spend any money in their personal development. I keep doing more of the latter and investing in my personal development. I keep finding it paying off for me more and more. And uh, obviously, you have a lot of experience with the same. I imagine a lot of people don't because they're afraid that they're throwing money away, they're not going to get their money back or whatever it is, the uncertainty. Yeah. Fear holds a lot of people back from doing a lot of things. And it sounds like you've taken a lot of bold steps in your life and your career to get to where you are now. Was there a point in time where you did have fear that held you back from anything? And what did you do to, to get past that? I actually do have fear, but I have fear of not doing things, right? And there's, I think Mark Zuckerberg said something in effect that the only risk you can take really is not doing anything at all. Yeah. Because we know what happens when we give in a fear. Nothing. But what we don't know is what might happen if we don't give in a fear. We feel the fear and do it anyway, so to speak. Yeah. You might go out there and meet the right person. You might go out there and create the right business. You might go out there and fall on your face again and again and again and, and then learn something that's very valuable, uh, which is what happens. And you just got to be okay with trial and error. You got to be okay with falling on your face. You got to be okay with feeling fear in your life because it's not going away. You're just going to get better at dealing with it. Life does not get easier. You just get better in relationship to life. And the people who are really crushing it at life have just gotten better than their average circumstances. So where most people in the world, the 7 billion are, you know, kind of just getting by and giving into their fears or not really uh, embellishing and, and living in their desires, there is that small percentage that are actually going after it every single day without fear, without shame, without remorse, or feeling those emotions and working through them anyway, and getting what they want ultimately. And then we point to them and they say, well, they had it lucky, they had it easy, they had it this, they had it that. And yes, all of that is true in certain circumstances. And if you look for examples of that, you can find it. But here's the other thing that's true. They're taking action. And the problem with today's culture is that we all look at the law of attraction, we look at all these different laws, but we're missing the fact that the law of attraction doesn't work without the law of get off your ass and take action. The averages of stepping up to the plate are still true, right? Babe Ruth, 300 batting average, uh, one of the greatest hitters of all time, struck out seven out of 10 times. It's right there on the map, right? Seven out of 10 times he went up to the plate and didn't, nothing happened. But those three times, he didn't, he didn't skip. He just kept going up, knowing that he could totally fall on his face, which is the two to one likelihood. That's the two to one favorite in every scenario and still knocked it out of the park on those few times when they were there. Again, preparation, opportunity, equals luck. So in my mind, feeling the fear and then rising to the challenge is the practice for the thing when it's going to work out. And when it works out, it's going to actually be a little bit, it's going to mess with you a little bit too, because it's going to be so easy and feel like it's in such flow because you've done the work that it's going to seem like you're, you're getting away with something. And then you'll have the other side of the existential crisis. Things will be going so well, you still won't feel happy. It's because your brain is 2 million years old and it's always looking for something that's wrong. So I just want to catch you for that opportunity as well to reframe that with gratitude, with celebration, realizing that, holy crap, you would have killed two years ago for the life that you live now. And in two years from now, if you stay on the trajectory, you would have killed for what you had now for two years ago, right? Yeah. And all these things become commonplace. And these little 1% gains, they add up faster and faster and they start compounding. After a year, 1% is not 365%, it's 3,778% better. 
if you compound every day just a little bit better and you stay in that flow and you're just above your current level of capacity every single day, after a year, you're 38 times better and getting 38 times the, the benefits and 38 times the return on your investment, time, energy, and attention than you were before. And guess what? Those failures are necessary. So the fear that you have is actually guiding you towards the thing you need most, which are those inevitable failures, which are going to give you the knowledge and experience so that I succeed. Fantastic, man. I love it. And I think about that too. I mean, when you... Going back to what you said at the beginning, if you have fear of something, it probably is a sign that you, you need to take some action and need to do it. But if you connect that back to what do you really want to achieve? What do you want to get out of life? And what are you more afraid of? The, the failure that might happen right now or getting to the end and realizing you didn't take all the chances you could have taken and you didn't really fulfill your true potential and that you left a lot of stuff on the table? Yeah, the result's the same anyway. You're still going to die. Right. <laughs> right? I, I look at every influencer, every beautiful woman that I meet, every... You know, we're, we're already not dating. I won't use the crude language because, you know, but it's true. We're already not dating. Right. So what, what's the worst that could happen? We're still not dating? Okay, well, that's already what's happening. We're already not doing business together. What's the worst that could happen? We're still not doing business together? What if they say no? What if they say yes? Right. <laughs> what are you more afraid of? Like, come on. I think people have a fear of letting people down. They have a fear of not being enough. They have a fear of not being loved. Well, that's an illusion. Love is all around you. Abundance is all around you. Opportunity is all around you. And there's more now than there has ever been in the world. We have a freaking device in our pocket that's a supercomputer that was unfathomable 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> right. But now it's commonplace again. And we're like, oh, whatever. You know, it's like, come on, guys. These are the future times. We were talking about this before the call, actually. You know, we had these, this, these dreams of being on video phones one day. Like we'd watch Back to the Future and they'd have 78 facts and a video phone. It'd be like, oh my God, a video phone. That's so cool. We're living in the future. Yep. Now we actually have video phones and live in the future and nobody, nobody's paying attention to it. <laughs> now we're on to the next thing. Well, VR will be so much better. This will be so much better. Oh my God, look at what Trump's doing. It's like you're not paying attention to the abundance you live in. It's kind of silly and sad. Yeah. The world is a wonderful place. Love is all around us. We have the opportunity to do so many things and we're just willing to take chances and invest in ourselves. And I am so glad that I took a chance and had you on this podcast today because this has just been a fantastic interview and uh, I love everything you're doing. And uh, it's given me motivation to, to uh, keep pushing forward, invest more in myself and do more big things. And I hope that our listeners felt that same motivation to do great things, which is what it says on your hat. Do great things every day. Uh, Brad, for anybody listening that wants to find out more about you, follow you, where do they go? So I'm easy to find on the interwebs. You can look me up at makemoremarbles.com. If you are specifically looking to start a mastermind, check out buildamastermind.com. You can also connect with me on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Brad Hart. Or if you prefer all the other, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the what have yous, it's at makemoremarbles, M-A-K-E-M-O-R-E-M-A-R-B-L-E-S. And I'm grateful to connect and I'm looking forward to chatting more. Got it. I'm tagging you in an Instagram story right now. Brad, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. It's been awesome to talking to you. I really appreciate it. And uh, have an awesome time in the Bahamas. Thank you, Andy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for listening and spending some time with us today. And I hope you got something valuable. If you did get something valuable, I'd love to hear about what it is. So if you could send me a note on social and just let me know, hey, I listen to your podcast and this is what I got out of it, I'd be really grateful. Thank you so much. Love it. Cheers. Cheers. 